0: Welcome back to True North Talk, Season 2, Episode 16, uh, with your favorite hosts, Joseph Staden and Peter Burtonette. And this episode we want to go with a, a certainly an interesting topic, and that is the topic of self-reliance. In an increasingly, you know, dependent society that we live in on infrastructure and systems that have, were built in the last hundred years. I thought it'd be a great thing to talk about. You know, as men and women of God, but especially as men of God, I think we have a responsibility to ourselves and our families and people we love and care about and take care of, right. to be aware and and to be prepared for certain scenarios that might play out that are, especially the scenarios that are seeming likely. So this episode is probably a couple of weeks late as far as hitting the the absolute peak of the trend of this conversation that happened when the movie came out. in the movie that we're going to be referencing in this episode is Leave the World Behind, which is on Netflix. So sit back and prepare yourself for an interesting episode. Um, I'm definitely going to have a lot more to say about this and tell you guys about the direction we're going to go in different steps. But Peter, do you have any opening thoughts or remarks on just the subject of today's episode or the movie at hand? Just, and at least if you could give the viewers slash listeners some background on the movie. Um, and just the overall plot.
1: Yeah, yeah. So first of all, kind of, kind of, going to be doing a movie review again. You know, probably a month or two ago, we reviewed *Nefarious*, which was talking about the the power of of demonic forces, of how how demons are at work in the world. And I think great. Movie, I think by this the way. one,
0: hmm? I say, great movie by the way.
1: Yes, very, very good movie, and I think accurately depicts how how demons work and. I know I I started reading, and we're probably going to get to this one in you know maybe a few episodes, maybe it'll be a little bit further down the line. But reading Screw Tape letters, I actually I was a little slow in reading it. I rent I yeah, you know rented it out from the library, and I already renewed it twice, so I had to renew it or to turn it back in. I'm sure I'll check it out again, and we can get to doing that one. But um, I think it kind of ties together this one, not necessarily demonic influences, but kind of evil or just bad motives. Um, basically to to kind of summarize what this movie is about is it's kind of i would say you know a dystopian type movie because it focuses on something that is realistic but it is obviously fictionalized um but it but it is presented in a very real manner and the the background of this movie i know joe you probably can can talk more about like the you know creation in this movie some some people who are involved with making it maybe i'll i'll save for for you describing that but what this movie really goes through is a family is on vacation and they they get there and after they've been there for just probably a few hours or something or maybe that night after they got there a man and his daughter come in and he says that he is the the owner of the house and that um i think it's like an airbnb by point, the way it was like an Airbnb, yeah, that they that this family had rented on like Long Island or something like that, I believe. And so the the um Mahershala Ali is the dad who who comes there and you know, obviously the the family's a little bit skeptical and everything and then while they're there, the power goes out. There's a blackout. And I think at this point, was it because it had already gone blackout in the city or because he knew that it was coming in the city? G. H. Scott, I think he got out before the ma- the majority of people did get out of the city. But I think
0: right. the electricity shortly after he left went out in the cities. Right, and so later on, if in the you movie, remember the alert, um, the alert on the TVs, the the, you know, the national emergency, you know, alert system was sent out after he arrived at the house. So they must have mm-hmm. went out after that fact, right? After he
1: got to the house, yeah, and and so it's it's basically I'll probably kind of like. Summarize it in how the movie did of this like three part plan that is basically intended to destabilize a country and might, might need a little bit of help on this from you. I'm tra- trying to remember exactly what it was, but the first one was like throwing the population into like a crisis or, or confusion or something. And with with that, it's it's turning down the entire power grid Yes, yeah, so and then isolation was number one isolation that's the first one, and then the second step is confusion and having the attack come from an unknown em- enemy. One of the things that they did in the movie is they dropped these flyers, and I think you know on one part of the country it was all about um you know it was like what was it uh it was a uh, death to america death in, to america was like i was tra- I was trying to Kalarian. figure out what like, Arabic yes. I was trying to figure out what the language was. And then on the other side of the country, it's revealed later in the movie that I think there were messages that were in Chinese, I believe. And so, you know, kind of adding this confusion of there being like an unknown enemy, like who is causing this to happen. And then it's ultimately intended for the third step to create a coup d'etat, which is civil war, because when there's no known enemy – people will turn against each other because they don't know who they're fighting against. And so that creates, obviously, an unbelievable amount of stress, of confusion, of of distrust. And so this movie, I think, presents very accurately what it could take to bring down a country like the United States of America, a country that is, you know, at the forefront of... Of the free world, as as they always say, you know the president being the leader of the free world is is a common common phrase that's said. So um, again, it's it's a movie that is a little, I guess I would say a little disturbing, not in the sense of like a, a horror movie, but I would call it somewhat. It's a it's a thriller. I mean, it's described on Wikipedia as a apocalyptic psychological thriller, and I think that accurately d- depicts it. So it's. Yeah, it's it's a movie that creates kind of an unease, and I think that's what's intended. And maybe I'll I'll let you kind of take a little bit more about what went into the making of this movie. But that was kind of what I gained. I mean, there's a lot of other things that I'm sure we'll discuss throughout this episode. Um, but that that's kind of the synopsis. I hope kind of that summarizes it well. Yeah, so that's that's a great
0: synopsis of the movie plot and what the movie's about. Um, The reason this movie is relevant and the reason we're even making an episode about this is because I want to speak to, like I said, anybody out there, whether you're a mom or dad or husband or even individual like Peter, you know, he's in Nebraska um, and not much family around him. You know, as people, uh, as Christians, it's imperative that we are aware of what's going on in our world and not to be fearful and not to freak out, but just to be aware and, and to take practical steps and know what we need to do to protect ourselves and our communities and our families. And this movie, if you just look at it as a movie, may not seem that, you know, compelling because there's a lot of apocalyptic type of, type of movies.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot
0: of, you know, end, end of worlds movies. There was a movie called 2024, I remember. Or 2012. 2012. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of movies about the end of the world. What's the one called? Uh, Book of Eli with... Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Denzel. Was it Denzel Washington right. or no? I think Morgan so. Freeman, yeah. Well, Morgan there's Freeman. there's
1: another one, maybe Morgan Freeman. There's another one, uh, World War Z, like a zombie apocalypse type thing. I think that one's Brad. Brad Pitt's kind of the main guy in that one.
0: Yeah. So so the, I'm going to explain in brief what makes this movie different and what makes this plot different. And the plot is about mm-hmm. a cyber attack that takes out a majority of America's electrical grid. And this plot is something that the World Economic Forum, which is a collection, if you don't know what it is, it's a collection of the world's most powerful individuals, business leaders and government leaders alike, um, and they meet every year. They actually have a meeting right now going on in Davos, I think Switzerland, and they discuss what the agenda is and, and you know what they want to do this year in the world to make a difference. And their leader, Klaus Schwab, Is this German guy, and he's 86 years old. He was a little boy when America and the Allied forces liberated Germany during World War II. And if you listen to what he has to say, a lot of his goals as the CEO and founder of the World Economic Forum, you know, a lot of these goals that they talk about are not that great. They're not great goals, right? They're talking about ending the private ownership of vehicles so you and I can't own our own cars. They're talking about Ending the consumption of beef or limiting it very very much. So you'll you'll eat ninety percent less beef than you are right now. They talk about a government that is able to limit your travel. Uh, they talk about a social credit score, which is tied to you know the things you say online can be can be held against you and, and limit your travel, or they'll could potentially imprison you. Right there was somebody in Canada this week, just a, a journalist who asked a question in the wrong way and was arrested the thing they said. So a lot of the goals of this forum are not that great. And the reason that this forum is relevant, the World Econ- Economic Forum, for two reasons. Several, I think 20 to 30 U.S. senators and congressmen are in the group. Uh, former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy was a part of the World Economic Forum. Well, they've been running scenarios and and, and they say uh, every year, the past three years, they've been running scenarios of a comprehensive cyber attack that could take out the majority of America's electrical grid um, and, and assessing this risk. And they say, every year, increasingly, that this risk is more serious. And to make it more peculiar, this movie was executive produced by Mm -hmm. former president Barack Obama, which, you know, not even talking about political things, whether you like him or not, doesn't really matter. But it's just interesting that a president who's never produced a movie before is selected to, to executive produce this movie when arguably the world's most powerful group that has former presidents in it.
1: Um, I do want to I do want to just correct something real quick there. Um, His production company, Higher Grounds Production, I don't know if he's been directly involved in executive producing. There are three previous movies, Fatherhood, Worth and Rustin. Again, I don't know. I don't know uh, Obama's direct involvement in that. But there have been three that his production company has produced before. I just want to make sure that information is correct.
0: So I know that Barack Obama and Michelle Obama both both personally um, mm-hmm. consulted and had, you know, they, they would go to them directly about this movie. I, right. I read that right. uh, different a right. couple different articles. So it's just strange. And the movie, you know, the, the movie is about something that I've been actually reading about for a couple of years. And that's this the, the um, strength of America's electrical grid, right? And what if you know, something happened that affected the power grid. And I don't know if you know this, Peter, but there's only three major transformers in the United States. There's three main grids. It's Texas, the East Coast, and then you have kind of the North Midwest power grid. Um, there's only three transformers that supply power to, the, to those areas of the country. So, Ohio mm-hmm. and Pennsylvania and New York City are all in the same transformer. Um, okay. And so, with that information, you know, there's a couple different risks, that I think we should be aware of as Christians. And, you know, on the brink of, we see things every day on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, about war and and countries, you know, increasingly seeming a little hostile toward each other. There's a possibility of what's called an EMP that could affect our grid. There's a possibility, again, of this cyber attack scenario. And I just want to pose the question. electromagnetic
1: pulse, correct? Correct. Yeah, electromagnetic
0: pulse, which could potentially permanently fry any electronic that it comes into contact with, which that's a whole nother episode, but it's in story. Um, but I just want to pose the question and, and this is just something for our, our listeners to, to ponder as well. Um, and don't feel on the spot, Peter, because I know we've talked about this a couple of times and you, you may or may not have an answer for this, but I think it'd be just a good thought exercise and for everybody listening. And the question mm-hmm. is, you know, if your power went out tomorrow and it wasn't going to come back on, you know, what would you do? What what would you, you know, in the first 24 hours, let's say, and actually I I guess I'm going to revise my question, you know, Mm -hmm. if you didn't know that it was, it was not going to come back on. So if you thought, okay, it's probably just a regular outage. What would your reaction be in in the first 24 to 72 hours? Do you think?
1: Well, I mean, my first thought goes to food and water, warm and otherwise, um, You know, because without the power grid, I don't think there's a way to get clean water. I might be be wrong about that, but I believe that would be one of the first things to be affected because water filtration. Um, And then, yeah, obviously food. You know, think of the stuff that's in the fridge. Think of cooking food and... Um, you know, thankfully, right now, the temperature here is minus six degrees, so I'd be able to keep cold food, you know, the stuff that I typically have in the freezer cold. But (laughs) if this happened during the summer, it would be more of an issue, or even during the spring or fall. Um, but, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, it's it's it is it's more of a thought exercise because, you know, I do have some foods that are, you know, non perishables or that perish after a long while, but. A lot of the food that I have is either fresh or I have you know a lot typically I'll have chicken and salmon that I have kind of in, in bulk that I get at the store that I put in the freezer and then I thaw out um, kind of overnight and throughout throughout the throughout the day before I cook it so you know food food is certainly the first thing that I think of it and like because because I think of it like I could deal with not having lights on you know but yeah. but even just a thing like heat right now. Again, right. that that's where the winter would be a major problem. And obviously I was even, I was slightly concerned when we had the massive snowstorm out here last week that there was a possibility that I'd be without power because of that. So, um, you know, and it wasn't in a sense where I was like freaking out, like what's going to happen if that happens, but just something. And I, and I think this is, this is a bigger topic that I think I kind of want to hammer home with this whole thing is the difference too. And maybe we can hold on this for a little bit Um, to kind of stay on this thought exercise for right now, but just this idea of the difference and honestly the fine line of being prepared for this sort of thing and taking the right steps versus being completely just like overwhelmed and like stressed out about this sort of thing. I think there's a major difference and I think some people maybe go, go a little bit to the, the side of it where it's, you know, absolutely just freaking out. And I think, that comes from a lack of dependence on God ultimately. But again, to, to stick with what we're talking about right now about what would happen if that happened, yeah. Food food is first of all heat, or if it was during the summer, having cool air, air conditioning, um, clean water and and even obviously something like a like a cell phone. I mean, something like this, if the power grid went down right now, this this recording would go down and we wouldn't be able to access yeah, it until the power it went down came back. Right now, huh? It would be <laughs> if they if, yeah. if, if it did, nobody would ever hear this episode <laughs> right yeah. but and, and it's something interesting too, you know the power grid the power grid would be one thing, but imagine if it's satellites too, because then you can't call anybody, so that that's and, one where yeah. it's even more tenuous, but that's that, that's kind of my thought, and you okay, know, I so, so let me want to encourage this, people then. to think about it as well, yeah, so I agree with you, I think overstressing and all that.
0: I think that comes from not being prepared. I I think the the stress and the fear and everything is like, you feel that because when you're confronted with like this scenario, for example, you're like, I have no idea how I would make Mm -hmm. it. And that stirs up fear and stress. But I think taking some practical steps to to prepare for the most, uh, you know, the most uh, possible threat allows you to 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 have freedom from that. Also relying
1: on God, obviously, that's number one. So okay, so that's number. So that's the first question. Being prepared, it, it's a mindset that I've kind of come to appreciate more so recently. Is being prepared for the worst and hoping for the best. Because exactly. you keep that optimism, but you're always prepared for the worst possible scenario. Okay, so do you think you would make it three days without power? Okay. I think and when I say I would. without
0: power, I mean I mean like right. nothing has power. I mean, there's no grocery stores, there's no gas right. stations. That, nothing everything is out i'd be you running on you protein powder i'd be running down <laughs> on the protein powder that i have
1: probably Dry yeah it. <laughs> well yeah because that's that's my question this probably goes a different direction that we don't need to focus on too much but would that mean that you wouldn't have access to clean water then too
0: yeah that that is yeah. true that's what that means and that's okay. we'll get into that later so but de- okay you probably have enough food in your fridge and your pantry and everything and maybe some water you know you could you could fill right. up some water containers so let's say a week. Let's say we go one week without power. What do you think at that point in time, at a week into it, how do you think you'd be feeling?
1: Where do you think you'd be at? I feel like the hunger would start be setting in. Definitely probably a bit of cabin fever, you know, psychologically. Like, I mean, it's like what the movie covers. It's that isolation because if you know that you can't go out and get anything. And, and also there's the consideration, too, of if you do try to go out and get something – what Is if there's dangerous? people who are trying to go out? Exactly. What if there's people who are trying to go out and get stuff that have the wrong intentions and that aren't about helping other people around them, but just stocking up everything they can for themselves? So there's there's that consideration as well. And you know, during COVID, I think we all learned pretty quickly how people can become
0: selfish in those scenarios. You know, with yep. toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just immediately gone. Right. You know, and okay, just for. For the sake of this conversation. So mm-hmm. do you think you can
1: make it a week without power? I think so. I am confident in in that. And I'm also fairly confident in my ability to, even if I don't have access to a ton of food, being able to make it, even if I have to you know, start rationing stuff out. Okay.
0: Last question in this series is one month.
1: I don't think so. Not unless I... At that point, you probably have to start getting a little bit aggressive, uh, like not aggressive, but with your strategy, right?
0: Yep. And so that's and that's that's what I wanted to kind of point out is because one of my good friends, Josh, um, shout out Josh, at my old job, we'd have these conversations a lot, and he was somebody who was into you know, I guess you could say prepping and just being prepared Mm -hmm. for some emergency scenarios. We mainly talked about EMPs because of you know the likelihood of that with you know potentially world war 3 and some of the threats we're facing as a country but he would get me thinking about that and he asked me that scenario and I and I quickly said like man if i if it's a week into it and i don't have water and i don't have food mm. you know you at that point you got to go out and you got to make something happen and you you got to you got to find you got to find a way to get food and water um and i was surprised by my own answer a little bit because i was like you know if i had to go and and you know find an unpleasant way to find food to survive i mean that's what it is because either that or you die and you know i I realized right there i was like okay i probably should have like some sort of plan about this and we don't have enough time in this episode to like break down what would be a reasonable way to prepare for something like this i just wanted to make sure that everybody's aware of this and, and because it's not only a movie talking about it it's you know, the movie's just one thing. It sheds light on it. But there are people, extremely powerful people, the most powerful people in our world today that that have an agenda. And whether you whether you think it's a conspiracy theory that, you know, the world is a lot of the world governments are walking your lockstep toward an agenda or not, we know what the Bible says. The Bible's true. The Bible in Revelation mm-hmm. says that ultimately the Antichrist will be established, we'll have a one world government. We will have, you know, a horrible situation on our hands. And, and the only way that's going to happen is if there is some sort of global agenda. Hmm. And I'm not saying it's happening right now. But, I mean, we're in a, re- we're in a really weird time in, in, in the world. And technology is at an all-time high. And if you look around, you know,
1: our society... Especially technology dependency.
0: Yes, dependency. If you compare, like... Can you imagine comparing your average man 100 years ago to the man today? Like how much more resourceful our
1: great grandfathers would have been? You know, I mean, Uh, the technology in that time would have been like, you know, one of those old style like dial telephones, maybe, maybe that wasn't even in every home. And telegrams, you know, a train to get get to work, some very early early cars. I I mean, like 100 years ago, the very earliest cars. So it's not like that was very a, a very dependable means of transportation either. Yeah, and there's there's a a book called One Second After. The book
0: is like a fictional novel about like this scenario. Like an EMP mm-hmm. hits the grid and then the character and his family have to survive. The author of that book went on a, a program I listened to quite a bit, Glenn Beck, and you know, he was asked about the book and, and there's the possibility of this happening, and he said, you know, unfortunately it's it's up it's pretty up there that this could happen. And he described our society as it's a great description. It's a great way to visualize this. You know, It's like our society is a Jenga game, like the blocks, Jenga, and it's all on one block, and that block is electricity. And if that block mm-hmm. is pulled out, the whole society comes collapsing down because everybody is so, so dependent, myself included, on technology You know, for navigation, for water, for food. I mean, everybody goes to the grocery store. If you compared America now to like 100 years ago, the amount of people who owned land back hundred years ago and had chickens and cows and you know they mm-hmm. had their own food, way of producing food, you know they probably had a well somewhere where they got water, that's just not the case anymore. And you know with that being the case, you know this, this scenario would be pretty frightening. Um, but the good news is that number one, we always rely on God for everything we have, and we know mm-hmm. that the worst thing worst case scenario you know in this life is death and even in that scenario we still have hope because we know that we have eternal life through christ but not only that but there are practical things you can do to prepare and it takes just some basic prepping to set yourself apart from the 95 percent of people because that's the reality is that nobody is you know reading into this and and looking into it and, and nobody questions like okay something bad might actually happen or could happen to our world because we're so blessed in america we're so we're so well off um so there are some scriptures I, I want to get into, Peter, about being, you know, relying on God, but also being self-reliant as a man. But mm-hmm. can you think of anything else as far as, you know, the importance of being self-reliant as a man? You know, I, I think that in general is mm-hmm. something as Christian men that we should have in our tool tool belt. Right. Just a little bit of degree of self-reliance. You know, we don't we don't have to depend on... Everyone else to make everything happen for us, you know, and that's something my dad taught me is, is being resourceful and being self reliant. And, and you know, you could even talking about what you're doing with your YouTube channel and, and building your own thing. You know, that's that's being self reliant right there. So, do you have any thoughts on just the importance of being, um, I guess maybe like an entrepreneurial or self reliant at all?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think first of all the the one that stands out to me because it's where both of we, we both are in our lives, you know, Joe recently married and myself getting married in just over two months, is that our wives and eventually our children will will rely on us, you know, and so we have to be responsible. We have to be leaders, We have to provide and take care of them, and we have to be an example for them. That is what we are called to be. And and ultimately, I mean I, I do just want to say too there there is a certain sense of self-reliance, but ultimately if you only rely on what you you, you yourself are able to do, you're always going to fall short. You know, it ultimately stems from God. You know, it's it's us having independence on him first of all so that then we can do what we need to do and provide what we need to provide for our families. And and even I mean even it extends beyond our families too. I mean there are people in our lives that we either have a chan- chance to you know joe even though we're young i'm sure there are people in both of our lives that we have kind of a chance to to mentor or at least provide you know answers to questions or advice or whatever it may be just like we are still in positions where there are people around us there are men around us who give us those answers when we have questions those you know steps to take in these sort of situations there are people that that have more experience than us and that's what we need to be especially for our families but even for those around us who are either younger or less experienced than us whether it be in our walk with christ or just in living life as a man i think it is ultimately our responsibility and i think it's it's something that was instilled in both of us by by our fathers and that is always i mean we talk about our dads a lot on this podcast but it's because they made such a profound impact on us and it's you know About just relying on the Lord too, and and I think that's that's where I just want to caution because self-reliance a lot of times can be all about this like cycle of self-improvement, and you're only focusing on like what you can do by yourself to make yourself better. And you do have to take the initiative, but ultimately, it's I don't know the way that I just would describe it. I guess you know you mentioned pulling water from a well. That's kind of how I would describe it as like that ability only comes from a source of water but we still have to put in the work to go to that well and draw out that water you know that water is there and available for us but we still have to put in the work so that's that's how i would say it kind of is balanced that that middle ground between both relying on the lord like he's the one who provides us with the skill set that we need he provides us with the gifts that we need but we still need to actually go put in the work to get that water, to, to, to provide for our families, to do the work that he wants us to do. And, um, you know, there's no time better than, than right now to start. And I think of, this is the verse that I had thought of and I was able to find it um, that we were talking, I think, briefly before. This might be one that you were going to reference anyways, but Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm also looking at Proverbs fourteen twenty six. Um, in the fear of the Lord one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. Mm. And yeah, there's to a certain degree there's only so much we can do to be self reliant. Um and there is a balancing act and but I think for purposes of this episode, what I personally am trying to communicate, and I think you would do you would agree as well is that you know as a man, as a provider, as a protector um it's our duty to ourselves and our families to have you know knowledge and the ability to protect them and most scenarios that we can you know in most scenarios. As many that we can, you know, be aware of, right? There's so many things like nuclear war. Who the heck knows how to prepare for that? I mean, that's just a worst case scenario. At that point, it kind of is what it is. But I'm Mm -hmm. saying basic life life skills. And you could even say something as simple as like, are you resourceful as a man enough to like help repair some basic things in the car if your family gets, you know, if the car breaks down and you're on a road trip? You know, are there... Are you are you resourceful enough to do a, some basic maintenance in your house if the power goes out or if if the water is not working or something like that? That's, there are basic things that I think we need to do, and I think there's scriptural evidence for this too. And maybe not fully what I'm talking about, but First Timothy five eight says, "But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his household, he has denied the faith mm-hmm. and is worse than an unbeliever." So <laughs> it's pretty stark as far as you know if you're not providing for your house. And protecting your household you're worse than an unbeliever that's pretty strong language yeah. and so that's what i'm saying as far as self-reliance um and being resourceful is do right. you have the basic skills you have the basic knowledge you need as a man i think being dependent in general is not a very as much as we can control it it's not an extremely masculine trait to be fully dependent on others um i think mm. you know man we're designed to be adventurers right we're we're you know, we're foragers, we go out, we, we like to trailblaze. That's just something about that Mm -hmm. that ignites a flame within us. And you could even say, you know, I experienced that when I did my YouTube channel and and do some of the things on my own. I'm sure you get a similar feeling, Peter, when you're working on college football talk and, and, you know, eyeing out the the vision for that, you just get that fire inside of you when you're trailblazing.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, and I, I even feel that with what I do with my regular work as well. And I'm I'm sure you do, you do as well. Just, you know, kind of, creating creating our path that, that God has put before us and, and blazing that path. And I, I just wanna, you know, what what I was trying to say too, and I'm I I know you would agree with this and probably understand it, but I just want to clarify it is like I think the best way to do that to be to be self reliant is to first pursue the Lord. And I think a lot of times by doing that, he provides us with the answers that that a lot a lot of men go searching for in the wrong places searching for the answers of how to be a leader how to, to take initiative as a man and so i w- i would just say i think sometimes the best way to do that even learning skills like that is sometimes you know maybe maybe for those who, who don't have who don't who don't have really have a dad or, or a father figure that they can go to with those things is is praying first of all and being like lord lead me to where these opportunities are to learn this skill and and i believe i believe that with everything that's the first step and then we can rely on ourselves to provide but i just i think you cannot have that self-reliance without first going to the father and the creator the one who is the perfect example of being a provider being a leader and and ultimately getting things done
0: yeah i i would agree with that i agree with everything you said um and you know bringing this back to what we were talking about earlier, the movie, Mm -hmm. you know, some of, some people might be thinking like, okay, but how does this relate to like a grid down situation? Um, and what I'll say is that, you know, the United States of America stands in a unique position in the world. We truly are the only country in the world that has such a, um, such a strong commitment to the freedom of speech, for example, freedom of religion. Um, our, our country is beautiful in the way it's structured as far as being a constitutional Republic and the United States constitution is really a special document. And it's, we have a really special government here. And when you look at the world through the lens of the Bible and the end, end times and, and what Satan's goal is to establish this one world government, to establish full control over humanity to, you know, essentially deface the image bearers of God this plot does require it's just it just is what it is if satan is, is to get his way and we know revelation is true you know the united states of america will not stand as it is now in that scenario it just won't you know because if we have a united states that stands directly in the way of a world of a one world government because the united states by nature is sovereign it's a sovereign country you know we have our freedom we have our independence we have those things are are required um, for sovereign national sovereignty and so
1: I also the, think if we're students of history, we can see the downfall of the U.S. and what that will look like. I think of the Roman Empire when it fell. But that's yeah. that's a topic for another time. But I, I mean, I, could I just give, I, I could see a lot of similarities between yeah. the, the downfall of Roman society versus American society. Very, I mean, I could, very I, many similarities.
0: I could list you a hundred different examples of how we see in real time, you know, intentional it's, it's intentional. It's not, yeah. it's not by mistake. It's not bad government. It's not bad leadership. It's intentional. Right. You know, when and it you the de-
1: debauchery, I think is one of the key
0: things and exactly. just turning away from God, the evil at the, at the highest levels of our government on yeah. both sides. I mean, I, mm-hmm. on both sides, the people are intentionally driving this country in the ground. And you know, that's like a cliche thing to say, but it's true. I mean, when you look at the, we have $34 trillion in national debt, you can't even comprehend that number. You can't even comprehend no. it. So <laughs> we face a lot of threats. Um, and and This is a very viable threat. It's a real threat. It's possible. It's plausible. The United States government did a study on this in 2019 on a grid down situation from an EMP. Um, it was concluded by the U.S. government. The Department of Energy said that 90, about 90% of the U.S. population could, could die within a year if the grid sustained an, an attack that knocked it out and, and we had to replace the transformers. Be-
1: I think it'd be sooner than that, a year.
0: And yeah, exactly. That's a liberal that's a conservative estimation. Yeah, exactly. So this threat is real and you know, we could dedicate a whole episode to like how do we prep for this? And I definitely have some pointers, but I'm not gonna go there just because it's it would be so tenuous to do so. I would recommend everybody that hears this just, you know, pray. Pray reflect on this. Yeah. Think about like practically speaking. As a human being, because when God created this earth, we didn't have electricity. We didn't have grocery stores. We didn't have the internet. So I think, practically speaking, we can all ask ourselves Can we, you know, would it be viable for us to survive if we had to have the most basic skills? Right. The old skills that we never think about anymore. <clears throat> right. You know, that our and, great and grandfathers I think a few,
1: had. I think a few quick ones, real quick, again, I know we don't want to go too into this, but I think a few quick ones is is having a good store of of water. That is, you know, whether you have one of those big old gallons, I remember actually when, when my family lived in Mexico, we had one of those, because if I remember correctly, like we didn't have clean water and we weren't able to like flush the toilets on Sundays as weird as that sounds, but that's how it was. So we had to have like this big old, well, even the water there wasn't clean anyway. So I think that's why we had one of those like office cooler type water things in our house there. And so I, I think that would be something that'd be wise to have, you know, where you get one of those. You know, I'm I'm visualizing in my head. I'm trying to find the best way to describe it. But one of those big old like, again, I'll just say like a water cooler type thing that you see in like offices, having that in your house or just having a bunch of bottles of water, having food in your pantry that is non-perishable and that maybe they they, especially you don't have to cook or something like that. Or if you do having some sort of, you know just ability to to have if you have like a heater in your house or like a fireplace or something being able to use that or if if you live at a, at a home and you have like a fire pit outside or something like that and you know i think one with electricity as well is if you're able to having a generator but again those those are things and there's a lot more than that but those are just things that i kind of think of that are fairly attainable and i would actually say pretty easily attainable that are that are good to have yeah and you know,
0: so acquiring those items is actually something called a life straw that I bought for my wife and mm-hmm. a couple other people for Christmas. It's like a it's like a big straw that filters water. So, yep, it's only take 10 bucks right now on Amazon, too. So, like, you know, hmm. if you need water, I would recommend everybody grab one of those. Right. Um, but there's the items you need. But then there's also the skills. Right. If you cultivate yeah. skills, like, for example, like canning food, like being able to do that on your own, because there's hmm. old, like really old traditional ways to, to jar things like bacon or sausage and they'll literally last for 25 years. And people just don't know that. Hmm. Um, but working on some of those old skills that people just don't do anymore, like navigation, like, could you have Hmm. a compass in your hand and know how to get from point A to point B? Right. Um, even things like, I know this is not easy to learn this skill, but like hunting, you know, can you, can you go out and scavenge food if you have to like the, or, you know, farming there's skills you can look at and work on, but yeah, there's a whole another. that's a whole nother episode. Um, right. The bottom line for this episode is just getting this word out so people can be aware of, in my opinion and, and the opinion of many others, a very li- viable threat to, the, to our country and right. to our households. And, you know, just to be aware of that and, and to reflect and say, am I prepared to lead my family? Am I prepared to lead myself or my wife or whoever? In this type of scenario. And I think it's it's all it's bit nothing negative could come from somebody reflecting and, and asking those questions. And I and also think, you know, right. on the bigger picture, do we rely fully on God? And do we have deep down, like Peter said at the beginning of the episode, people can get really stressed out and fearful about this. But do you have that inner peace within you that upon even hearing this episode, do you do you still give it to the Lord and, and still trust that? You know, ultimately, everything will work for the good. We know that Matthew six thirty three six thirty three. You know, do you have that inner peace? Um, and if not, mm-hmm. you know, that's another another thing to reflect on and challenge yourself on. But yep, um, yeah, I just think that this is a super important thing to discuss, Peter. I don't know if you have anything else that you wanted to touch on or, or conclude on, but um, I think for me, I think I've kind of touched on the mo- the main points I wanted to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I kind of just have one more verse to add on to what you were talking about there here at the end about, you know, not living in fear. Um, because I know this, this is a conversation that at a younger age, and I think it's because I've, you know, first of all, just become older and I've depended, you know, trusted more and more on God and in the, uh, the abilities that he's given me to to be able to survive in this sort of situation. But for, but for those of you out there who are right now where I was at one point having a conversation like this maybe draws up some anxiety and some uncertainty and even fear. Um, just want to reference Romans eight thirty eight through 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that's a hmm. reminder about the the peace that comes with with Christ with his salvation and can can get us through maybe the fear that that stems from having, you know, having a conversation like this or or thinking about you know what would happen if if the grid went down or if some other doomsday scenario if you want to call it that whatever word you want to use to describe it if if there was a situation where you really needed to you know provide for for yourself if you're if you're single and by yourself or for those around you um, for your family i think it's important to to understand that ultimately that peace and that preparation can only come from one place and that's christ jesus that's that's god yeah and i I also think too that it's important that we pray right
0: it's Mm -hmm. important that because there's a lot of evil in this world there's some very very evil disgusting people in this world that have very (laughs) evil intentions but there's also good people and I think it's important that we pray that the good people prevail and that we have good leaders who will do the right thing in the face of, of crisis and will, and will stand up and, and protect us and just pray that the grace of God cover us. Um, we're not immune okay. to trials. You know, I think Americans think that we're immune from, from everything just because we've been so blessed and protected. But a lot of bad things have happened across the world and in, in world history, and, and there's nothing saying that can not happen to us either. So I think... We just need to be in prayer and we need to, to be reflective and give thanks a lot. Because guess what? We are so blessed in this country. You know, even having running water, clean water mm-hmm. is such a blessing. Having lights and, and heat, you know, in this cold win- winter weather is such a blessing. The fact that we can walk into the grocery store, and I know you can re- can relate to this, Peter, from living in Mexico. If you took mm-hmm. a, an average Mexican citizen and, and plopped them into a Walmart in the U.S., they'd probably be like, holy cow just the the abundance we have here um it's it's amazing so i think just being reflective being prayerful and praying for god's grace protection but also like peter said earlier too taking a little bit of that degree of self-reliance upon yourself and and being practical and taking some steps so um yeah i don't know if you have anything else to say peter but if so if not we can go ahead and pray and wrap up
1: no yeah that's i think that summarizes it perfectly so sure um, you want to lead in prayer yeah. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Perfect. Yeah. Father God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come together and have a conversation like this. I know it's it's one that is always important. It's important to be prepared for these situations because that's what you ask of us. That's what you call us to be, especially for for us as as men, for especially for Joe with with, you know, with a wife right now and for for me as well with the wife and with families on the way for both of us and so just pray that you would prepare us for these situations, that you would give us that ability to have that self-reliance where it's not on shaky ground, where we have that solid foundation like it talks about in Matthew, Lord, that we would build our house on the rock, not on the sand. And I feel like when we do that, then we are able to have that reliance because it comes from the right place. So I pray that you would just stamp that motive on our hearts to pursue you, first of all, so that we can have that reliance and the provision for our families and for those around us and the preparation for situations like this. And thank you that we don't have to live in fear for situations like this, but that we can be assured that you will guide us, you will lead us, and you will provide for us through through it all. And just thank you for that promise.
0: Lord, I want to echo everything Peter said as well and um, just pray for continued grace upon our families and our friends and our communities and our nation at large. Let's um, pray for uh, just wisdom and integrity for our leaders in our communities and our states and our countries and just pray for protection and uh, just pray that we all have that peace that we know lord and that no matter what happens that all things work for the good for those who are um, called uh, to be conformed to the image of your son and we just praise you for that reality thank you for this day we thank you for the ability to talk freely and to share our faith. Pray that you'd bless Amen. this podcast and bless our vision. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening if you made it this far in episode 16 of season 2 of True North Talk. Make sure you like and rate our podcast. That's the best way to help us grow. Share it with somebody who needs to hear it. And with that being said, we will see you all next week in episode 17. Peace. Peace. Good